You're listening to Once, episode 18, Feedback and Theories. Welcome back to another episode of Once Podcast, the podcast about ABC's TV show, Once Upon a Time. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. I'm Dan Flynn. And I'm Jenny. And we're so happy to have you joining us. Be sure that you check out the website over at oncepodcast.com and check the forums at onceforums.com or oncepodcast.com slash forums, where there's lots of awesome conversation going on over there. And we'll mention some ways that you can contact us later in the show. This episode is because we have so much awesome feedback, and I'm not even sure that we're going to get to all of the feedback. You guys have seen the stuff we're going to cover, or try to cover. Right. Or try to see the stuff that we're going to cover. Right. <laughs> so much. <laughs> so many awesome theories from people, and stuff that I saw in the forums, and we've seen in the forums, that really, it, it would be great to bring into the podcast to discuss so much. We might not get to it all, but please keep sending us your stuff that you want or that you hope will get into the podcast. And also be commenting on the forums, especially because we might not get to all of this, but in the forums, then you get to have a voice and get to talk with things with other people. So we encourage you to do that. Make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast to receive these episodes automatically. Let's get into this. We're at this point where there's a hiatus or a one week hiatus. Because like Oscar the Grouch was on TV last week or someone Stupid was giving Oscars. out awards or something like that. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so we didn't have an episode of Once Upon a Time, but that's okay. That gives them a chance to catch up and produce more episodes so we don't have to take a, a break again later. Boo. We, the last episode we've seen is What Happened to Frederick. So we're going right. to go from that point and look past look back at some of the past episodes, as well as we have a few theories about future episodes, not spoilers, but theories. And we define a spoiler as anything known about a future episode. Theories about future episodes are not spoilers, in our opinion. If you want more clarification on spoilers, go to oncepodcast.com slash spoilers. So the first feedback that we're going to talk about is from Amy or bookworm1102. She said, hey guys, I was just listening to episode 13 and I came up with a theory concerning how Mr. Gold was able to bring Henry to Storybrooke. I originally thought, and still kind of do, that August Booth was the writer of Henry's book. But what if he brought Henry to Mr. Gold? And maybe Regina was there when Henry was given to Mr. Gold and that's how he seems familiar to her. I know that this doesn't explain why he had Henry's book, but for what but for what we know, he could be both the writer and the guy who brought Henry to Storybrooke. But it could maybe explain why he has an interest in Henry. Also, as far as I know, we have not seen Mr. Gold and August in a scene together. Maybe they're keeping them apart for a reason. It's just a thought. Great show, guys. Love listening to it, Amy. And that's true. We've never seen Mr. Gold and August together. That's true. I wonder if yep. it's because my theory is still correct that he's Mr. Gold's son. I don't know. I like it better than the Pinocchio theory. 
<laughs> I, I, I think the Pinocchio theory makes more sense, but the fact that they haven't been together yet, Mr. Gold and August, does lend some support to the idea that maybe he's his son. But if Mr. Gold owns the town, as they say, then I kind of doubt it's likely someone new could come in that he doesn't know about. Well, maybe. Yeah, unless he's not from it. I like the idea, though, how they they mention how, uh, you know, he could have been there and delivered Henry. And that's how um, Henry got to Storybrooke. Because you sometimes forget there's a lot of questions that we just don't know the answers to yet. Yeah. We just know what happened. So we move on and we, oh, who's going to be the next character? But there's a lot of little questions and things like that that we just haven't gone over, haven't been revealed to us yet. So mm-hmm. it does sound plausible. Because mm-hmm. I definitely think August Booth is, has uh, been there before. Yeah. They're hinting that way pretty it, strongly anyway. Yeah. Yeah. He's never said he wasn't. And the fact that he never said that, and he points out, he said, I never said that. He's such a back-talking yeah. author. <laughs> <laughs> it seems as if he's deliberately hiding it that maybe he has. Because, you know, when people say, I can't comment on that, usually... They're saying that because they don't want to confirm <laughs> what you're saying. <laughs> have you ever noticed that? I have no response to that. Yeah. It's like, that's true, but I can't say. So <laughs> just watched that in a Star Trek episode recently when someone refused to <laughs> say he was from Ro- Romulan descent instead of... Uh... So maybe August is Romulan. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, right. Uh, we did have another theory that came in from DJ Wolf and... Uh, Dan, you'd done some research on this. Why don't you go ahead and read that uh, feedback from DJ Werewolf, uh, Firewolf. <laughs> Werewolf. <laughs> He's a character, too. Um, he says, who do you think the really tall man is with Mr. Gold when he repossesses the florist delivery van? Uh, what came to my mind at first was that the giant from Jack and the Beanstalk, apparently his name in the credits is The Dove, but I don't see how those two correlate. Uh, love the podcast. Found you guys while searching for a once upon a once timeline. Um, basically, I was looking at that, and the dove comes up as a Wikipedia post. It's from uh, there's actually a story tale called The Dove by Basile Giambattista. <laughs> <laughs> Stories from the Pentameron. I don't know, <laughs> but basically, um, a prince is cursed. A prince is cursed by a poor woman to love an ogre's daughter because he broke the poor woman's pot of beans. And the prince falls in love with Philidoro. Beans? Yeah. It's, hey, you told me to limit this to three sentences or less, and now you're asking <laughs> questions in the well, middle. I'm, I'm just pointing that out. Beans. Because Jack and the Beanstalk, beans. True. Right. They're messing around and knocked him over. So she cursed and said, you have to marry this ogress, uh, a daughter of an ogre, ogress. So the prince falls in love with Philidoro in the forest, who we find actually to be the ogre's daughter, who um, also the ogre's daughter, when she comes up to this place, Philidoro throws down her hair for the ogre's daughter to go up, which is pretty interesting. Mixes a lot of different storylines together. Whoa, that sounds like that sounds Rump, like Rapunzel, uh, Rapunzel. Mm-hmm. and Shrek. And Jack Shrek. and Beanstalk all the same time. <laughs> because Fiona is an ogre and 
That's oh. true. Yeah, <laughs> everything sounds like Shrek. Although Shrek, but, yeah, makes fun of all fairy tales. That's why. Yeah. So at the end of the story, though, you find out Philidoro bakes a pie with a dove in it that flies out to the prince on his wedding day to remind him of the love he has for her, Philidoro, rather than the woman he's about to marry. And then they end up getting married. So the dove mm. is a pie is in this pie and. It signifies their love and reminds him because he's been cursed to forget his love for her. Um, so I'm wondering, I don't know, maybe this guy is like a prince. So that's a definitely interesting because I missed the fact that he was called the dove in the credits. Mentioning the dove also reminds me of 7.15 a.m. When, or was that the episode? But the one where Mary Margaret goes out to try and take the dove out uh, and mm-hmm. free it. Right. So that... Uh, that tie-in of the dove and what you're saying about the dove being a symbol then of love reminds me mm. then of that too, or pigeon or whatever. Uh, dove, that's what <laughs> dove, was. Dove, dove, dove. Yeah. Or whatever bird. Dove. <laughs> symbol wasn't, of love. Wasn't there also like a story, I, I, maybe it was in a fable or maybe something, but there, wasn't there a story somewhere where a king was baked a pie and there were birds in it? Blackbirds. Blackbirds. Yeah, in the chat room, they're mentioning that. By the way, we do this, I wanted to say this song, this podcast (laughs) live Wednesday nights at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Even if there hasn't been an episode on Sunday, we continue to do these episodes live on Wednesday nights to share feedback and general theories. But then usually we also do a live show on Sunday nights immediately after the episode in Eastern Time. So on Wednesday nights, it's 8.30 p.m. Eastern at noodle.mx slash live and you can join us and we've got a bunch of people in the chat room right now and it's really cool and they're providing some awesome feedback as we go the uh, the other theory that um i'd accidentally pointed to that one because it mentioned mr gold but the other theory i was thinking of talking about the stranger came in from uh, one of our other listeners i'm trying to find the exact theory that What if, here it is, from Jamie in the UK, I have a theory about the identity of the stranger. What if he is one of the Brothers Grimm arriving in Storybrooke to put the fairy tales to right as per Jenny's Storybrooke fairy tale theory? Also, well, it's a different question there. So there's, uh, from Jamie, there's the theory that maybe he's one of the Brothers Grimm. That's a popular theory. Sometimes I just feel like that, that crosses out of believability with the story. Hmm. Maybe. But there is a forum post, and this is what I really wanted to refer to. We've got a forum post over at oncepodcast.com slash forums, and it's started by Slurpees108. <laughs> <laughs> and Slurpees mentioned that we saw the first page that August was putting into the book was an excerpt from The Golden Bird, and we also saw him putting in The Tale of Snow White and Rose Red. And we'll have a link to this forum post in the show notes over at oncepodcast.com slash 18. But the theory was that what if August is one of those characters from The Golden Bird fairy tale, which is about a bird that has golden feathers and it's a golden bird and turns an apple into a golden apple and so these people try and hunt after the golden bird. This farmer sends his son after the golden bird. All this stuff happens. That's extremely like golden goose from Jack and the Beanstalk. Um, like that laid the golden egg. Mm-hmm. You're saying no, 
And Willy Wonka. <laughs> These aren't chocolate Jeremy, eggs. I was being serious. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but, but there's the theory that part of this... Uh, forum post and you've got to read all of these comments from everyone part of the theory is what if august is writing himself into the book Mm, that's kind of (laughs) rude i did wonder if he did some modifications and that he's trying i mean he already manipulated emma into giving henry the book back and finding the book and making her think that she found the book so He's so quiet and mysterious, I would not be surprised if he is a very manipulative character and he is trying to, he has an agenda and he's trying to uh, complete it through uh, Henry and Emma. I think he has an agenda. I don't know if I think that he's on the side of evil though. We've sort Mm -hmm. of already got Regina and we've got Mr. Gold and they're already sort of ambiguously after their own goals. I guess he could be a third, but I have a feeling he's sort of an undercover ally for Henry and Emma. That's the sense I get. But I don't know, Regina doesn't really like him being around Henry and all, so he's not too undercover. True. Although if Regina doesn't like him, probably we should. <laughs> <laughs> the friend of my, or the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yeah, at least for now. That's how that rest of that phrase should go. <laughs> Could be, but I maybe it's just because he's a stranger. Maybe... Uh, and this was somewhere else in the forums. I was trying to find the link. Maybe Regina thinks he's the savior to come and um, break the curse. Because going back to episode two, when Evil Queen went to see Rumpelstiltskin in the jail, did he say what gender the unborn child was? I think he just said... Which unborn child? Um, Emma. Snow White. Oh. Yeah, referring yes. to Snow White's Yes, he knew. Child. He knew, but did he say that to Regina? I thought he just said their unborn child. Oh, well, maybe he did. Mm. Oh. So she might be thinking it's a man. Huh. And that's why she's nervous about the stranger, yeah, is that she thinks the stranger is the one to break the curse. Why would he seem familiar to her? Yeah, that's true. I wonder if he's a prince. Like, I wonder if maybe somehow he would have been destined to marry Emma in fairy tale world if he if he is from fairy tale world mm. and he's come back he knows his past mm. i don't know just throwing it out there in oh. our chat room one of the anonymouses mentioned that <laughs> when snow white made it to prince charming just as he was dying and there was the wardrobe there snow white did say she made it referring to emma so Evil Queen does know the gender of Snow White's baby, at least from that. That could have been a slip, but uh, hmm. that's a good catch there. Thank you, Anonymous 8,926, <laughs> which indicates how many listeners we have to our show right now. <laughs> yes. Yeah, all the stranger stuff is starting to cramp my brain. We don't have enough facts. We have a little to go on. Hmm. It's an interesting twist. Keeps things interesting. Usually interesting twists do keep things interesting. That's true. Just saying. That's his purpose. Like his only purpose. We'll never know anything about him. We have to wait another week. Well, not another week, (laughs) half a week. I hate (laughs) bi-weeks. Hey, guess what they've done? Do you notice what they've done? What? He came into town with a box and we all fixated on the box. And then he went on that long spiel to Emma about what he was going to do with the box, keeping her guessing and taking it around with him and all this (laughs) stuff. And then he pops it open. We're like, oh, good. They're not going to do that to us. 
<laughs> He's the box. Yeah. Yeah. Which, by the way, that I've learned since then, that harkens to a speech that J.J. Abrams mentioned uh, or shared one time about film writing of giving a box, making a box of something in the box metaphorical of course yeah i saw that and that you talk about the box you address the box the box is in every episode and all of this but you never open the box and it makes people die to know well not literally but (laughs) probably makes people so eager to know what's inside that box just for the fact that you refer to it and you don't and most of the time the writers don't really know until the episode that that they tell people what's (laughs) in the box that's kind of like the village do you remember the village Oh yeah, they had little boxes in every corner. Yeah, they did. But they didn't—they didn't like obsess over them. It was just kind of oh, they were mentioned like once. Well, and also Lost did use that a lot. And J.J. Abrams was one of the co-creators of Lost uh, producers, and Lost used that a lot. Like in season one, Hatch Mm -hmm. for so many episodes, like. The story moved along so slowly, and I think that's going to be the same thing. I hope they carry the box from season to season on a, a couple of the boxes here. Yeah, part of that talk, the box that he had with him for the talk, I believe his father or his grandfather gave him, he still doesn't know what's in it. He will not open it because the mystery is what's important to him. Wow. I wonder if that bothers him. Because I don't he's... know, but it changed the way I, it really changed the way I watch his stories. A lot of people hated um, Cloverfield. For some reason, I liked it. I liked... I loved it. I liked the missing information because we learn that information in every other movie. And so this was just... And this is what they always said about Lost, too. This is a story about the experience of the people and not so much about answers to every mystery. Maybe that will be the case in Once Upon a Time. I'm not so sure of that though because they're answering a lot of things did you just mention castaway no that's pretty much perfect like box. <laughs> you never get to see what's in the box oh yeah castaway yeah. Oh. The, the one fedex or ups box <laughs> <laughs> here's another email that came in from amanda she says hey guys i was listening to your podcast and there was a question about how james knew where to find snow white and why red riding hood was at the cabin In episode 13, What Happened to Frederick, Abigail asks how James is going to find Snow, and he says, A little birdie helped me find her once. Perhaps it can do it again. Question, which, by the way, good catch. I didn't catch that, that that line that James said, so good catch there. Then she says, Question, what do you think Regina really means when she says to Catherine, Perhaps this is exactly what you need and will find what you are looking for when Catherine was going to leave Storybrooke and to go to Boston. She was just being a creeper. She was. She knew it was going to happen. So she was like, go, go die. Fine. Like, I'll, I'll let you think you're going. I'll but give you exactly really... what you need. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and about the little birdie, uh, Disney's Snow White, like Snow White had little birds following her everywhere. Yeah, well, maybe that was just a nod to the movie. In the price of gold, James says to Prince Thomas that they sent word via one of Snow White's birds. And there's, we see a couple other times where Snow White sends a bird out, Hmm. and maybe it's just kind of pets. Sometimes she has a bird thing in uh, (laughs) (laughs) in Storybrooke too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Remember, you're building a home, not a cage. (laughs) That's right. Or Amanda continued saying. (laughs) 
We know that Regina wants to ensure that Snow White slash Mary Margaret is miserable, hurt, and cut off from everybody she cares about, and who cares for her being the main reason for the curse. With no way out of Storybrooke, Regina has trapped Mary Margaret in a corner with no one except Emma. I think we're going to see that Catherine's disappearance is a tool that Regina is going to use. Because realize, what happened just before Catherine disappears? Regina turned into a creeper on her. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. She spoke to Catherine. (laughs) Well, the whole thing between David and Mary Margaret became public. Yes. And and everyone is, or like even even nice grannies said to Mary Margaret, you should be ashamed. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And also, Catherine, like... Regina was the only person that Catherine told about, like, she saw that that, um, Mary Margaret and David were in love and, you know, that whole speech. Mm. Regina was the only one who knew that speech. Yes. So Regina's probably hoping, and she's probably right, that the guilt will keep Mary Margaret and David apart longer. And I'm thinking this is going to be a tool to further separate them in that people are going to accuse either David or Mary Margaret, or maybe both of them, of having something to do with Catherine's accident or disappearance mm. or whatever. Yeah, Interesting. David will never see that letter, unfortunately. Yeah, it's it's burned. So Twice Regina, burned. Regina is literally the only one who knows about how Catherine really felt. Which, by the way, there's <laughs> a lot a, of other things, as it turns out. Yeah. <laughs> There was a theory about that, why she burned it and then burned it again, (laughs) the the twice burned thing, is that uh, maybe it was a method for putting on the curse. It was, um, looking for the feedback. I think it was just to make it more dramatic. I think it was just to establish that the letter was actually destroyed and you will never see it again. Because we questioned Emma's birth in the picture of Emma being born as a baby from the book, question whether that was truly burned. So maybe they heard me and they wanted to burn it twice. And then I just asked why they burned it twice. And then they said, we're going to stop trying to make Daniel happy or Dan happy. This is, this is from Philomena. Philomena. Okay. Um, that's an Italian name. So I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly. Did not sound like it was Italian the way you said I, it. <laughs> Philomena. Philomena. <laughs> I I looked up the pronunciation, and I hope I found the right pronunciation. But uh, she said, I had a theory as to why Regina would take the time to throw the letter into the fire fire that she had already burned. Am I the only one who felt like Regina was performing a ritual? Perhaps the ritual slash spell was to get rid of Catherine. Her usefulness to Regina no longer exists. Maybe Regina made her disappear. We know she'll stop at nothing to keep Snow and Charming apart. She needs to make sure they are not together and happy in Storybrooke. If they stay together and are truly happy in Storybrooke, this might bring them that much closer to ending the curse. We know their true love's kiss at the end of 715 didn't end the curse or make them remember who they really are. Thank you, Philomena. Well, now that's interesting. It didn't occur to me that maybe the letter acted as sort of a, an object of a curse, like an additional curse that would make Catherine actually disappear. Don't you think they would have established that more? Maybe, I, unless they have yet to do it. Yeah. I still think that Catherine's under the hospital, but... 
you ever have a letter that you dig up and you're like, oh, this brings back memories. <laughs> so you just take it and you burn it and then you throw it in the in the trash. I mean, after you douse it out again, of course. But Dan, how often does this happen to you? <laughs> every you time to answer that question. Every time Dan breaks into someone else's house and steals their mail. <laughs> By the way, Daniel, do you want to discuss the idea of breaking the curse through Mr. Gold? Um help me out. I forget where that one is. Yeah, just just below this. It um it's a really good idea, and this came from the forums, I believe, or a short message from um, Mary Elizabeth said, if a curse can be broken with true love's kiss, Rumpelstiltskin is the creator. The trick could be Rumpelstiltskin getting his love, Belle, back. I like that idea. I do too. Because it breaks not only his curse, which we found out through the Beauty and the Beast one, but also should break Regina's curse. So, and it's funny because Regina did say true love's kiss breaks all curses. And the fact that that right there would break two curses in itself with one single kiss is pretty powerful. So Hmm. I like that. I could see it ending that way. I don't know. Maybe like they kiss and then the credits come and you don't know what's going to happen. I think it would (laughs) depend a little bit on when the curse was created. Because if the curse was created after Belle, then I could understand why the curse could be broken by Belle's return. But if the curse was created before Belle, uh, it doesn't seem like she's connected enough that she, her kissing Rumpelstiltskin could break the curse. Well, here's the thing. Belle kissing Rumpelstiltskin in fairy tale was the cursee being kissed. And having the curse broken, not the one who enacted the curse. And depending on how you look at it, maybe he sort of enacted it on himself by killing the Dark One. I'm not sure. But uh, let's see, Emma and Graham, that's, it seemed to work on Graham. Maybe it doesn't work with Mary Margaret and David because they're both cursed. Mm. And so their kisses can't break the curse well, on each if... other. I don't really get why... Graham's kissing Emma showed him anything. Like, what was that? Was that just the curse kind of spazzing on him? Well, see, all of that was to say that maybe the curse, anyone cursed can be broken, the curse can be broken on them with true love's kiss. And so each person in Storybrooke is cursed. And it, I mean, if you think that was true love. (laughs) She didn't love him, though. Well, it was only partial when he kissed her. But then at the end, right before he died, he remembered everything oh. when they kissed. Oh. Yeah, because that oh. was a genuine kiss. I think if he had lived, well, it also depends on what you think happens when the curse is broken. Do they just remember who they are or are they supposed to go back to fairy tale? So maybe there, there's like the smaller curse on each person and the larger curse on the whole world. Maybe once they all remember, they'll go back to fairy tale world. Do you think too, so, so you're saying Rumpelstiltskin has to enact like actually has to kiss Belle as opposed to Belle kissing him in order to break the curse. Maybe, but that might not even break the overall curse because he's not the one who enacted it. It might break the curse on him and on her if she's cursed. Still wondering why he and Belle, well, he, I guess in fairytale world, they got separate because he forced her away. Yeah. But I'm wondering if he created the curse after that and what did he give up? That was his, that he loved most because he, 
his power mm. and Bell are the two things that he loved most. Mm. Which goes back to my theory I shared in, I think, our episode about Skin Deep of maybe it was Rumpelstiltskin's son or wife, the loss of which caused or was part of creating the dark curse. So you think he had the curse when he had met Bell? I think so, because the evil queen was wearing black. Yeah, she was, which someone in the forums had pointed out that I think it was DJ Firewolf had pointed out that timeline wise, the evil queen was wearing black in skin deep. So this must have taken place after King Leopold's death when Regina had evil queen Regina had said that black suits her. And so she stays in black all the time. We know if that's really his name. I don't remember saying being Leopold. Yeah. Well, yeah, it is. Yeah. It's somewhere. Snow's father, basically. All right. But the idea of the kiss also true love's kiss. It was, uh, uh, Philomene, <laughs> previous feedback email from the Italian name mentioned that True Love's kiss at the end of seven fifteen a.m. between Mary Margaret and David didn't break the curse, but was that True Love's kiss? In our forums, they've been talking about this and saying that no, that wasn't really True Love's kiss because David still has feelings for two women. So it can't be true love's kiss if it's if he has feelings for two women and Mary I Margaret. Know about is, that. I don't think he loves Catherine. I think he just doesn't want to hurt her because he's pseudo honorable. Yeah, kind of <laughs> in a in a wimpy. Sort he's of, half cursed. Uh, that's what I feel. Trying like. to give him the benefit of the doubt tonight. I was kind of harsh. Yeah, last week. <laughs> Obi's girl's boyfriend is in the chat room. And he shared a great point or asked a great question. He said, so why would Regina go through so much to ensure Belle never sees anyone ever? And all the while, Mary Margaret and David are free to run around. I like the theory that Belle and Mr. Gold have to share a true love's kiss. And that's why they can't be together for Regina's purposes. I think Regina treating Mary Margaret and David like crap is just to torment them. (laughs) But they are not the key to the curse. I think this goes back to uh, one of, I can't remember who sent it in, where the theory came from, maybe in the forums, but the idea that Belle maybe knows, and that's why she's down yeah. there. Yeah, well, I, I figured that anyway. But uh, yeah, because it strikes you like an, an insane asylum, and what's more insane in Storybrooke than knowing the truth? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I don't think um, Mary Margaret and David's kissing would break the curse, because... They're both cursed. Because Rumpelstiltskin said that only Emma could break the overall curse. He said that? He, yeah. When did he say that? He said that the the baby will... Oh, uh, yeah. True. Oh, yeah, that's true. Well, no, he said... Her coming in could have started The final this. battle the f- will begin. Yes. But I think he also says... Oh, yeah. He said to Regina in episode two, the thing you love most, when he was talking to the evil queen, that is, that Regina... He said, Regina, um, (laughs) when she asks him, and what did you tell them? Snow White and Prince Charming. He said that nothing can stop the darkness, (laughs) except maybe their unborn child. (laughs) That's what he said. I like the hand motions that you do. It's like perfect. Only everyone could see your hand motions. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Well, 
I was trying to imitate him. You know, got to get into the character. Yeah, he's like all. You're looking a little gray with cold sparkles. Maybe we should cast him nights like Reggae. I think that sounds like. And you're not Rumble. After Jeremy and I leave. So we've got some some great theories. Jenny, would you read the next feedback that we have here? Okay, this is from Lisa. And she says, Hey, everyone, I just wanted to say I love your podcast and wait for it every week. I am a subscriber. Great job. Thank you. While I have been mulling over several theories on Once Upon a Time, number one, Mr. Gold was truly the enemy, but somehow Regina would become good again and the real battle would begin against him. Did we already talk about that? Possibly. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. Yeah, that it'll be a battle between them. We've, yeah, we definitely think that based on episode uh, Skin Deep. I don't see her becoming good again. She's just so despicable. Oh, right. Yeah, the thing of her becoming good. <sighs> yeah, I can't decide about that. It depends. I think it depends on what's wrong with her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Some, well, something's been wrong with her for a long time because we haven't. If yet to Could understand be. when it, her beginning was. It's like Rumpelstiltskin started out good, then went bad. Yeah. So in a sense, he has something good to go back to. Right. His good good essence, you know, inside. Because yeah. so, I mean, Lisa does say the second theory she has is the opposite of the first, which I like how she says that because I means she's right either way. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead and read that, Jenny. The next one was pretty much the opposite of the first theory, and the battle would be against Mr. Gold. But after this last episode, I don't think the battle is actually against Mr. Gold or Regina, but their battle against their demons that somehow rule how they live and operate. Because usually the greatest obstacle for any of us is not someone else but ourselves. Mm. Anyway, there's my crackpot theory. Once again, I really love the podcast and keep up the good work. Sincerely, Lisa. Thank you, Lisa. Yeah, that's good. Thanks, Lisa. I don't know. I kind of don't want to see it turn into a battle between everyone and themselves. <laughs> Everybody go to your houses and fight. <laughs> I like the idea of everyone no, having kidding. to defeat the curse on their own, too, not just live in La La Land until someone kisses. Yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah. Like, and that each person breaks the curse in their own way because so far we've only seen the curse broken for only one person there has to be something somewhat epic though which might be what i was saying earlier that it can be broken individually they can regain their identities and their memories but the whole thing can't be undone if that's actually ever going to happen uh, until some other vital point or some vital person has it broken like regina or rumpelstiltskin you just said um that the curse has only been broken for one person, re- referring to Graham? Yes. Okay. Um, David also had it somewhat flashed back and remembered his past life until Rumpelstiltskin or Mr. Gold directed him otherwise. It's like he was in that loop theory because he came as a John Doe and had a clean slate for his memory that only one theory or truth or lie, depending which one, would actually grow root in his mind. The curse wasn't fully in effect on him at first. Right. Not sure it still is, but... I'm wondering why Ashley and... Oh, what's his name? Her now? Sean. 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 Yeah. I'm wondering why they haven't like broken the curse yet, because they're 
basically getting their happy ending. Because they're both cursed. Oh, yeah. It's all fitting into my theory. Like she gets to keep her baby and they're getting married now. Do you think once they get married, the curse will be broken? No. They're they're not main characters, so I don't think it could have... <laughs> I mean, as opposed to Snow White and Prince Charming. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but Graham wasn't a main character either, but he, he broke the curse somehow. You mean just on them? Yeah, just on them. Oh, just okay. on them. I don't like, think remember. anyone Emma kisses then? Maybe. Who else has Emma kissed? <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Yeah, we mentioned that before. Emma's got some kissing to do. <laughs> That's right. I do remember that line of you saying it or something like that. So we have discussed this. Uh, <laughs> But I mean, yeah, I mean, they did kiss and that's how it came together. Yeah. How did, how was that a happy ending for him? Do you, like, do you think as soon as people get their happy endings, they'll remember? Well, the odd thing is he there, was remembering before well, no, the kiss. No, he was just feeling empty before the kiss. Yeah, he was, but he was having flashbacks and then too, right? He, he was drunk. We saw at the beginning of The Heart is a Lonely Hunter. He was throwing darts at the dartboard and he was drunk and he was just feeling empty inside. And that's what he was saying to Emma. That's when he grabbed her and stole a kiss from her. And then the flashback started. Right. Okay. He's like, whoa, I need to do that again. (laughs) 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 Didn't work for Regina. Her kisses didn't work. I I don't know. I think it might be kind of like, um, I can't remember Jeremy or Dan, which of you said this, but that each of them, I think it was Dan, each of them will break the curse in their own way Mm. maybe jeremy would you read the next email from nick hey guys new listener here and i wanted to write in with a quick theory as to how ariel would be portrayed in storybrooke i believe when we get the little mermaid episode ariel will be portrayed as an autistic girl slash young woman in the disney version the price of her deal with ursula is that she must give up her voice her tongue in the original story In addition, she is shown as an obsessive collector of various artifacts from the humans. If you look at the symptoms of autism, you will see that among them are difficulties communicating, sometimes even an almost complete lack of speech, and obsessive-compulsive behavior, a term that could certainly be applied to Ariel's collecting of artifacts. Considering the novel takes on the characters we've already seen in Once Upon a Time, I think this take on Ariel would fit right in. So that's my idea as to how they will portray Ariel when they get around to her story. Thoughts? Gosh, I hope not. (laughs) That would be awful. I I kept trying not to laugh at... I I mean, he's right, and I never thought of Ariel that way, but... Ariel's one of my favorite princesses. I really hope they don't make her look autistic. I I don't think they will. I mean... Well, what if... Should be an Avox. I don't know. I mean, it's an interesting thought. (laughs) Yeah, what if... The story that we'll find out about Ariel is that she has her voice removed and she can walk, but that's when the curse is implemented. So she never gets her prince. So she's ushered into Storybrooke, able to walk, unable to speak. I almost think they're going to go with a simpler, I don't know, this might sound silly, like chick flicky type of episode <laughs> where we've already been introduced to Frederick um as like inside the school and we saw mary margaret there when abigail slapped her so i'm wondering if she's just going to be like the top person in the swim team or something you know corny <laughs> like that yeah that, i'm that thinking that's too. the way they're gonna go even though i totally <laughs> nick i like your idea way better and i wish they would stick with it but i'm afraid they're not going to. that's funny ursula is yeah. going to be the big mean like 
you know, swim coach or something. <laughs> or it could be Regina, because remember I, she yeah. was pursuing the uh, Little yeah. Mermaid. So far, we've only seen Regina fill one actual fairy tale role, right? As the evil queen who... Hansel um, and Gretel. Yeah, well, she oh, yeah, directed them towards yeah, that's it. That's true. Yeah, there wasn't much about who directed Hansel. Like the writers didn't actually see Regina behind the bushes, so they didn't write her in the story. (laughs) Well, in the original story, wasn't it their mother that that got them lost in the... The mother hated them and convinced the dad to bring them into the woods and and say, oh, we need to go back or something like that. And And they found the house hall on their own. Like they weren't led there in the original fairy tale. She filled that role. That's different. But it it wasn't like a prominent role, but... I think she could fill the role of Ursula. I think she could too. I can totally see that. Especially with, at the end of Skin Deep, her asking Rumpelstiltskin about a particular mermaid. I'm so excited. Mm -hmm. So she'll probably be that. But tying together uh, this theory of uh, what Ariel will be like in Storybrooke and the theory of Belle remembering things. Realistically, anyone in Storybrooke who does remember their past would seem like someone crazy. Yeah. I was a mermaid. <laughs> Why am I trying a mermaid now? <laughs> really? Like, well, I have toes. I'm Peter Pan. Why can't I fly? <laughs> Why is it that... Why do you think that some people remember? I, I mean, I know that hasn't been covered, but Belle's in that house, and we assume it's because she knows her story. Yeah, that's the only one we're really theorizing. Yeah, I was just neighbors. going to point out the fact that now that we know that it's in the nut house or whatever, the, the underground insane asylum... Um, of the hospital. Of the hospital. <laughs> Because every hospital has the underground, a little freaky. Um, I'm, yeah, I think that we're going to just basically find a lot more characters. Any of them that actually have come to knowledge of mm. their own, uh, of their past, go there. Or it could be that Regina is simply keeping her down there to keep her away from Rumpelstiltskin. Like, maybe she doesn't know anything. Maybe she's just being held there because she's a, a key piece for Rumpelstiltskin. Could be, like, she's... Too dangerous. Belle, Belle is Regina's tool to break Rumpelstiltskin's power over her. So Maybe. she's saving Belle for the moment when Rumpelstiltskin would be like, <gasps> Belle! And then they run and kiss and Belle, and Rumpelstiltskin or Mr. Gold loses his power. Then hmm. Evil Queen wins. We got an email also in from, uh, from Sharon saying, I think even more after rewatching that Mr. Gold is in trouble if Regina has Belle imprisoned. If he finds out, I'm wondering what he will do. I think he's going to kill Regina. <laughs> and that'll be awesome. <laughs> but it definitely gives her the upper hand in the rivalry rivalry without his knowing it yet. Yeah, just like we were saying. I think he'll be furious. I, I think he'll be furious with Regina. I want to play a voicemail here from Brian, who shared uh, a theory about what we mentioned with the possible season ending and a lost tie-in. Hi, this is uh, Brian from uh, Pennsylvania. I uh, really enjoyed the uh, show, and uh, I was listening to your theories uh, on the last podcast on how uh, this season might end. Uh, you guys speculated that it uh, would end with uh, Emma realizing that uh, everything uh, Henry is saying is true, and I agree that would be a uh, great way to end the season, and I think it would be a great uh, shout-out to the fans of Lost if it ends with her shouting uh, that we have to go back, a la uh, Jack Shepard. <laughs> That's good. Thanks, Brian. It's a bit funny. Mm-hmm. It could. It'd be cool little cro- loss over. Lost. <laughs> <laughs> lost over. A lost crossover. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think Emma's going to find out. I mean, she better. She's had how many hints like thrown at thrown at her face? She should realize something's up now. Especially seeing a lot of these characters that Henry says is so and so have a connection. Like I have a bunch of people, random people I know, and I couldn't really like associate a fairy tale for each of them. Henry can. <laughs> Dan, would you read uh, Amanda's message? Sure. Uh, Amanda says, hi, everyone. I just finished listening to your most recent podcast and have some thoughts and info. If each character remembered who they were, then shouldn't they automatically return home, such as Belle, assuming she knows she is Belle? Graham never had the chance because Regina crushed his heart into ash. I think Storybrooke would become the new fairy tale land. I can't see the characters being whisked back to the old fairy tale land because that would mean Regina and Rumpelstiltskin would also return. Signed, Amanda. Maybe they'll all jump in that wormhole. <laughs> well, see, that's that's kind of what I meant before. If if it can be broken on an individual basis and their memories come back, if fairy tale is ever to be restored, maybe that's like the focal point of the curse is on one person, either Regina or Mr. Gold, and it has to be broken with them for the overall curse to be broken and for everything to be restored. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. What if but I don't think that they'll return if the curse is broken for an individual person. I think they'll just remember everything. I think if they return, I mean, you saw what happened to Fairytale Land. Yeah, they can't return. It has to be restored and everyone has to go back if that ever happens at all. Well, you saw what happened in Fairytale Land when they got brought into Storybrooke when the curse was first enacted. Um, Fairytale Land got destroyed. Exactly. So if they go back to Fairytale Land, will Storybrooke be destroyed? Or are they going to have this loop where they get thrown back and forth into different lands Mm -hmm. or in different times where they're separated? So... Even if we catch up with all the flashbacks, like the pasts, the past stories, I don't know. I th- I think they're going to be separated and something's going to happen. They're not just going to be all happily ever after. And now let's just fight the queen for seven more episodes <laughs> or seven more seasons. I think there will be some kind of uh, some kind of confusion introduced to the story. Like I said before, I don't see any other reason to, to have Storybrooke's story take place in 2007 unless we're going to skip somewhere and then look back and that's going to be the storytelling method maybe next year right we'd also gotten another voicemail from someone the voicemail didn't come through very well but did essentially ask what year is this and we think this is 2007 or 2008 that storybook is taking place in right now we got also from the forums dj firewolf posted something that was something I was passionate about in a past episode. He wrote, did anyone else notice that the license plate number on Frederick's Storybrooke counter or Frederick's Storybrooke counterpart car is the same as the one we've seen previously on Regina's car. Remember how I talked of the four O F five T H four a fifth or a five T H whatever. O or zero. It was an O Mm. on the license. I think, but, um, the same yeah it's the same because we see it when frederick pulls up or we're calling him frederick for now when he pulls up to abigail's car or Catherine's car broken down or crashed by the side of the road you do see the license plate number and it is it's the same license plate number as regina's however 
Regina's car, uh, DJ Firewolf did some research and found that Regina's car is a 560 SL Mercedes Benz. Okay. What year is that, by the way? (laughs) Which is not the same car as what Frederick was driving. Mm -hmm. At first, when he pointed this out in the forums, at first I thought, whoa, maybe Frederick stole the mayor's car. That's why he was trying to leave town, but he stopped because he saw... That Catherine had crashed. That would be a really weird storyline. <laughs> but it could make sense. Well, maybe not. But <laughs> but I carefully, we don't see his car very well. We just see the headlights and the license plate. And I carefully compared the headlight positions between Regina's car and Frederick's car. And the headlights are in different places. It's a different car. Okay. Well, I'm wondering, four of fifth, it's like four of five. What has Regina done that she has a fifth person to go after to complete her. I don't know. It's like, it's, it's to me, it's an, it's a hint to something that she's planning. Maybe she's collecting things in Mr. Gold. I don't know. He has, she has bell. She had the teacup, but well, she grabbed that, but I don't know. I don't know what it is, but mm-hmm. I think something is almost complete. Maybe the curse can be completely finalized or not. Um, but there's something that is going to, finalize the curse or something else that she's working up he continued by saying maybe this is something overlooked but i noticed it straight away and had to say something in case it wasn't mentioned in the podcast that's from dj firewolf thank you and we'll have a link to this thread in the forums where he shared this and we've got some screenshots there in the forums i don't think this is something that the producers would overlook no how accidental is it to have two different vehicles with the same license plate or apparently two different vehicles i think they're different vehicles yeah they know what we're doing (laughs) we're looking at everything they know yeah although i mean the same license plate do we have a screenshot of that yeah yeah there are some screenshots in the well, I've got past screenshots, and also we've got some screenshots in the forums. Okay. So I'll have that link, and maybe even the screenshots, too, at oncepodcast.com slash 18, the show notes for this episode. Ah, this is interesting. I just did a quick Google search, and someone said, in the scene, um, this is Edge, Edge site, not uh, from another blog. Um, in the scene when Regina picks up Henry at the castle, Regina's license yeah. plate reads four of fifth. I Googled this and found the fourth part of the fifth amendment amendment. No person shall be compelled in any criminal case to be a witness against himself or AKA pleading the fifth, the self-incrimination law, oh. which I don't know exactly how it ties in, <laughs> but that's pretty cool. Right. <laughs> so I don't know. Like, <laughs> Help me out here. <laughs> uh, I, I can't. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> well, well, yeah. What's the fourth in reference to? If it's if we're talking about the Fifth Amendment, it's and what does she care about the Constitution of the United States? Yeah, that's true. It's the fourth part of the Fifth Amendment. Yeah, I don't know. Pleading the Fifth. It's interesting. I have to look into <laughs> it. I'll find a way to connect it. Okay, but that's pretty cool. <laughs> We've also got a few theories about upcoming episodes, and these are theories. If you don't want to hear theories that aren't based on actual fact, then you might want to stop the podcast now because, or pause it or whatever. Uh, We're not going to spend much time on this. We don't have much time left. But uh, Jenny, would you read this next message? Sure. This is from 
It's Heather. Oh my goodness. Yeah, Heather. (laughs) This is from Heather. (laughs) This is just every week. (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh. (laughs) I'm just kidding. This is just speculation and not based on any knowledge of the episode. The theory that Grumpy's name used to be Dreamy and that the whole incident about being forced to work in the mines and trying to buy a diamond ring, diamond for for a ring for his girl was as grumpy said it's what made him grumpy so the theory would be that before he was grumpy he was dreamy that must have been in the like like the thing after the episode when they were talking about what was coming up well we know the episode title is dreamy okay so we're not counting that as a spoiler no i would count that as a spoiler some people do because that's that's in an episode we haven't seen yet Right, but we don't actually know what it's about. That's why over at oncepodcast.com slash spoilers, we clarified what we count as actual spoilers and an episode title. Since it doesn't really tell what the story is about, uh, we've seen that already several times. Since the episode title doesn't always communicate that, we don't <laughs> what necessarily What happened to Frederick? Yeah. <laughs> True. I Maybe think that's a we'll spoiler. Have to but only, that only avid fans knew who Frederick was and what that would be about. So I guess it still holds. <laughs> But I think that is a great theory on maybe he was dreamy before he was grumpy because... Because he was in love. I think he might have said when he was in the prison cell next to Snow White, he had said, they used to call me dreamy. I don't uh, remember maybe? that. I don't remember that. You might be making that up. Okay. I just remember the part where he said his pain makes him grumpy. Yeah. And that's why that, he's that, called grumpy or something. Yeah. Well, no, I didn't hear that part. My pain makes me who I am. That my pain makes mm. me who I am. It makes me grumpy. And it makes me grumpy. <laughs> that was all that was said. He, he never said anything like my name changed when I mm. was hurt. Yeah. One last theory here coming from Weedith, and this is from the forums. Again, we'll have links to each of these forum posts and their full discussions in the show notes at oncepodcast.com slash 18. Weedith wrote in saying, if the person who controls the dagger controls the dark one, Rumpelstiltskin, wouldn't it have made sense for Regina to have sent Mo French after the dagger rather than Mr. Gold's favorite dishware? I get that stealing the cup was a way to flush gold out and find out if the, he remembers Enchanted World. But if she can control him by possessing the dagger, it seems that it would be the bigger prize. And I don't expect she will get another opening to rifle through his personal artifacts. So the question is, does she know about it? Rumpel found out about it from the Dark One, the first, or at least the Dark One before him, I would add. We know that the Duke was aware of the power of the dagger, but I would guess that knowledge is held close to the vest to avoid, oh, somebody burning down your castle and stealing it. (laughs) Or burning down your pile of hay. (laughs) Catches the brick on fire. In any case, any guesses on where it is hidden? And please forgive me if if this was revealed in an episode that aired before I started obsessively recording them. In the shop, his house, buried in the woods. I would love it if the blade was embedded in his cane just so he can keep tabs on it at all times. Hmm. The blade was big. And when they talked about the blade, he did go and he was talking to Emma, I believe, in the shop. He did like run his hands along like a blade in the um, in the actual a completely different shop. blade. It was a completely different <laughs> blade, but it made me hint like is the blade at his shop? I don't know. Cinderella tried to break in and 
take something so maybe it's not that secure but yeah he would he would be the only one to know about the blade's curse and the power if someone else steals it i just thought of a theory what's your theory i don't think regina knows where the dagger is but she could definitely barter bell for the dagger someday i don't maybe she maybe she only knew where the cup was so that was just sort of you know to to see if he really still cared about bell I'm not sure Gold knows where the dagger is. Mm. We're not positive yet what he was digging for in the woods. Uh, that's, a, that's possible, too. Oh, that's right. See, I told you there's so many unsolved mysteries a, that we forget about. A couple ideas here. Well, with Rumpelstiltskin having been the Beast. Remember in the Disney movie, The Beast, or Beauty and the Beast, the rose was kept under that glass case and the Beast guarded it very closely. Yeah, he did. I wonder if... Rumpelstiltskin has that dagger somewhere kind of like that, where Mm. he's guarding it very closely. Because you would have thought, well, maybe not, but you wouldn't think he would have that dagger just sitting out in his collection in that bookcase. Yeah, true. I would hide it if I were him. But then again, did he maybe lose his estate at some point when he was put into prison or before he was put into prison? Did something happen that destroyed his estate? So now the dagger is lost. Mm. And that's why he was going after the wand from the fairy godmother that was going to help Cinderella. So could the dagger be underneath everyone in the mines? Could be Mm -hmm. hidden. It could be lost. I would like to totally change the subject. Somebody in the chat room was talking about the little mermaid and she likes collecting things. And since we were talking about the shop and everything that Mr. Gold has collected and his pawn shop, uh, they also pointed out in the chat room that Belle loves to collect things. Like she loves to collect human articles. <laughs> so I wonder if she's. Uh, Ariel, you mean, not Belle. Oh, not Belle. Ariel. Sorry. <laughs> um, if she's collecting stuff too. Like I wonder if we're going to find out that she's collecting stuff as well. She opens a pawn shop down the other end of the street. <laughs> maybe. Or maybe she works with Mr. Gold. It's like his, uh, I don't with know the opposite of a distributor. Is. I think we would notice a redhead walking around his shop. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, and I mentioned this in the forums, I'm a little disappointed at how late we see Storybrooke characters yeah. from their fairy tale counterparts. I wish that... What do you mean? All of these characters were in Storybook from the beginning, and we saw them in the background. But there are things like nearly impossible, (laughs) unless they planned it out really well. And that's something that bums me a little bit. Maybe they were in competition to try and get this show airing at the same time as Grimm. Well, we are. I I mean, we are talking about. You do have certain limitations of just the logistics of the industry. You would have to do all your casting for every character in advance for the entire season, which isn't always possible, then you have to pay those actors to be there for a cameo in the background, not to mention tipping your hand by having to credit all of those actors. It's comforting, yeah. though. It's it's really comforting to see the, the characters and to be like, oh, I saw that one, you know? Well, crediting the yeah, actors doesn't really mean giving away their identity. No, it doesn't. Like Mr. K, he's been credited, but it only says Mr. K or they don't even necessarily have to say that they could just say the actor's name and not say who they played. I think it would have been worth it because I really hate being introduced to the characters as their story is discussed. Well, in a sense they have tried to do that somewhat. I mean, there is Mr. K and we don't know who he is. 
There, um, Doc, uh, Dr. Whale. Right. There was Graham. We haven't seen Dr. Whale in a long time. Yeah, that's true. Maybe he's out in, out to sea. <laughs> Speaking of logistical problems, I remember I read, I mentioned it, but I never mentioned it on the podcast. Graham, and I hope this doesn't disappoint too many people. Go ahead. We're ready for disappointment. Okay. It's not a spoiler, is it? <laughs> no, because he's gone. He was not going to be the Huntsman originally. Oh, yeah. He was going to be Robin Hood. But <laughs> because of rights or something, they had to change the direction of the story. Robin Hood is in public domain. Right. It, it must have been something else, like some symbolism that they were thinking of. He would have something. made an awesome Robin Hood. He would have still been in the story. Which makes sense of why he was so good, and everyone's like, why did they cut him out? <laughs> yeah. Actually, I'm going to change my statement. I'm not disappointed that they don't introduce the characters bef- before their stories are told. I just wish we could see them, like you said, like walking around. I don't really mind. I mean, I can understand from the limitations of what they have. Well, it's just like, where did you come from? But I mean, surely would have seen her. If you want to try to disguise it, disguise the lack of funding to do such a mass (laughs) thing like that, you could say, well, it's because it's the idea that Storybrooke keeps getting bigger. Like you find other sections of Storybrooke that you didn't know before. And it's getting like a cliff in the middle of the woods. (laughs) We used to think, I used to think it was just, you know, you had the library, which we still don't know about the library. The library surrounded in like a little town area. And beyond that is like this force field. Yeah. But then we're like, oh, it goes further. There's woods, there's bridges, there's, there's sea. How far does it go out into the sea? So I don't mind them doing that. Yeah. There are some characters that haven't been highly featured, like Mr. Clark as Sneezy. There's been barely any coverage of him or of Sneezy. There uh, also the blind witch, the one that had her eyes sewn shut is also in Storybrooke somewhere. Really? Yeah, she was somewhere. I can't remember. Is she blind? Which episode? Wait, the yes, one that had her eyes blind. showed sewn uh, shut. Sewn shut. Are um, her eyes still sh- still sewn no, shut? That's really hard blind. to say. The gathering of those with the darkest. <laughs> I was hearts. thinking. So okay, I see what you mean. You mean you from were there. thinking, I was thinking the of, pretty blind witch, right? The one that said <laughs> gravy or butter. Yeah, the cook, <laughs> the chef. Well, now we have the nurse in the basement of the hospital and we don't know who she is so maybe yeah. they're starting to grant your wish I, I, so hope so. <laughs> I think i think she's uh the queen from alice in wonderland mm-hmm. so excited yeah so we really want to hear your theories and go to the forums join there it's easy and free to join over at oncepodcast.com slash forums and discuss some of these things share these things and catch the links to the forums that we mentioned in this episode over at oncepodcast.com slash 18. You can follow the show on our show on Twitter as once podcast. And also if you're into Twitter lists or just want something cool to watch on Twitter during the live show, we have a Twitter list of all of the cast and crew. And some of them may be live tweeting during the airing of shows. So go to Twitter and look at our cast and crew list. I'll have a link to that in the show notes at oncepodcast.com slash 18. Or if you follow us on Twitter, it's easy to look at our lists then for that. It's the cast and crew list that you can follow. And even just go to that page during a live show and it will automatically update so you can see if any of the cast and crew are tweeting about Once Upon a Time. So it would be really cool. And 
I'm Daniel J. Lewis. You can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash the ramen noodle. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. You can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash fleegon. That's P-H-L-E-G-O-N. And I'm Dan Flynn. You can follow me at twitter.com slash Dan Flynn Design. And I'm Jenny, and you can follow me at twitter.com slash Jenny's Nook. So check out the show notes over at oncepodcast.com slash 18. You can comment there and also send us your feedback, 903-231-2221, or email feedback at oncepodcast.com. So for all of us, we hope you have a happy ever after, and thanks for listening. Once Podcast is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our podcasts like this one at noodle.mx.